In this episode, Ryan Griggs and I discussed the philosophy of the infinite banking concept. You know, I think for the, on the agent side, it affects how you present yourself to the client, to the public. Um, you talk about the distinction between attraction and promotion. And I think that promotional marketing where you're attempting to actively persuade somebody of the value that you can bring and you're going to pepper them from every angle on how to how you can do that is a is a consequence is a subgroup of that overall top-down thinking it's, i'm going to tell you how to what you need to do and that's i don't find that attractive to myself personally like i i don't i'm not interested in telling other people what they should be doing i'm just not and so I focus a lot of my energy on writing and you know, talked about the book, draft and blog posts and that kind of thing. And like you say, showing up, telling people who you are and what you do. And, and then Nelson's even said this to me, it's that, you know, for people to get involved, they've got to want to do it. Sure. And you can't create that. You can't manufacture that. I can't impose that. So it's a challenge because you got to find or at least make yourself visible to the people who would want to be involved to become their own banker. And so I think that's the, for the agent, the, the marketing challenge. Uh, rather than how do you play the numbers game, you know, aim for that 5%, 10%, whatever, you know. Talk to 100 people. Right. Get five, get ten, <laughs> then five show up, and then two. Yeah, the whole system is. Oh. I mean, it, it's all part of the financial. So I'm thinking about my own YouTube videos, you know, that I'll do and questions I'll ask. And, the, the, you know, the big question in the room is always, what is the infinite banking concept? Because it's a lot of things to a lot of people. You know, and so you've heard the terms cash flow management system, which... I don't know what that is. I mean, I, uh, QuickBooks. Yeah, uh, right. Online banking, accounting practice, or something. Uh, and you know, I so I come at it from an economic point of view, and it's just the best way to build capital. Well, then you got to explain capital to people, and so really, I think underneath all that, it's a it's a way to become financially independent to to reduce your financial dependency on other people. And so you've got to have you've got to have somebody who wants to be financially independent, um, and we and I mean that like full tilt, like throughout the system. You know, yeah, when but it comes if, to, if you if you talk to a hundred people and say, "Hey, would you want to be financially independent?" You know, most of them are are going to say yes, I would think, and then the uh, minority is going to say, "Oh, well, yeah, I already am." Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think everybody wants to be financially independent. Mm -hmm. Right. I think. <clears throat> so I'm just saying that. Uh, I think before that, it, but I don't want to have to do anything. You know, I just want that to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to have to learn anything, unlearn anything. I don't want to read anything. You know, it's just I'm busy. Um, 
you know, I don't have any time to, to, to do anything else. I sure don't have time to travel across the state and listen to someone that you want to hear. Right. Right? Yeah. So, and I mean, you just got off of a road trip going to listen to um, a personality that, that, that you wanted to hear, right, mm-hmm. and learn from. So, look at all that. You you, uh, you had to plan it out months in advance, right? And you had to actually uh, drive whatever four and a half five hours. Mm-hmm. You know, spend the time and effort, and yet and you made it fun. You know, some of your buddies yep. got together and you went, and you know, making memories, uh, learning something. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people want it easy. We're all, me included. You know, I want it easy, right? right. Don't make it too difficult. So, but everybody wants financial independence. I'm just saying most people don't want to do what it takes. And it begins with, I think, having an open mind or the desire to learn something. Yeah. And another part of it too is like when I meet with somebody, like the way I always start, we talk, I mentioned capital. I'm like, and I don't care where we are, we be in a, uh, you know, business club or a restaurant or wherever we are meeting, you know, it's always true that nobody in the room has control over their own capital. I don't care how much money you make, what your industry is, whether you're employed, whether you got a business, whether you're retired, nobody has control over their own capital. And there's problems associated with that. When you want it, you got to go get it from somebody who does have it. You get to ask permission. You get to fill out an application. You get to expose your character to them for... The whole, for, for all of the, whoever on the what other. What is your yeah. number? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Totally moral. I mean, the, even the credit score system, I think, is morally perverse. That's what I was referring to, right? Mm-hmm. Credit score system. We've yeah. had that conversation in the past. So you get to ask permission. There's, then there's use restrictions. They get to tell you what you can do with the money you're getting from them. And everybody knows the, the typical cost of depending on other people's money, which is the interest and fees associated with that. But it's really down the scale. I mean, you know, if you take a look at the amount of time it takes to get a mortgage, to get a car loan, to get whatever, you know, that every hour of that time has a cost. And then if you don't repay when they tell you how they tell you, then they always have the right to call the loan due. So, you know, just because it's in a repayment schedule doesn't mean it's etched in stone. So they get to, you know, pay up. And if you don't, they take your stuff. And, you know, like you said, there's never a problem until there's a problem, right? But then when suddenly there's a problem, it could change your entire life. Uh, Drastically. Drastically. Yeah. And that's just all on the, you know, regular use of money to buy the things that you're going to buy anyway side of things. And over the long term, as far as building up a a nest egg, you know, the, the entire financial world is subsumed in this idea that the only way to save is to invest. And of course, the best way to invest is with the government. We're going to use a tax qualified plan where the purpose is to separate you from control of your money. And that's like explicit. Most people, if they're engaged in the conversation about what to do with their money, they know they can't touch what they put in a tax qualified plan until 59 and a half or face a 10% penalty and whatever sort of tax you're going to pay anyway. So let's get involved in something where the express purpose is to reduce or eliminate your control over your money. 
And then on the other side, we're going to expose it to any number of undisclosed fees and just the fundamental risk in the market. Like that's the thing to do. You know, the stated purpose for qualified retirement plans is um, social, social security is not enough. It's only meant to be an adjunct or stopgap poverty in retirement. Right? Mm -hmm. And you're not saving enough, so we're going to help you out and give you a tax break today so you can save and then won't be dependent upon us in retirement. But when you look at the rules, right, it's implicit that you're separated from your capital. Absolutely. No question. But it's done with a hug, right? We love you. That's for your own good. Yeah. Yeah. It's for the children. Yeah. Right? That's I mean, how everything comes and, and the financial people are pretty upfront about this. Right? The whole model is assets under management. Your assets under their management. <clears throat> and the entire compensation structure around the vast majority of the financial industry is built to incentivize separating you from control of your money. And that's what we get to deal with. And so people are inundated with that. And then these, you know, the, you get a certain number of so-called experts who then go on the television programs and write articles online or blogs or whatever. And the radio. The radio, yeah, whatever. All day, every day, TV, radio, Constant, print. surrounded by it. Yeah. And so it becomes like the obvious thing to do is to bloodlet yourself of your own money so that when you have a need for capital, which you will need to buy whatever it is that you're going to buy beyond your regular, say, monthly or annual cash flow, then you get to go be dependent on somebody else. For more and more cost. Sounds like a great deal. Yeah. Isn't that For wonderful? Somebody. And then on the other side of it, it's like, or <laughs> you could own and control your own capital, guaranteed, values guaranteed to increase every year, tax deferred, no taxation on the buildup, full access to the capital when you want, how you want, at your discretion, under your own terms, and the most tax-favored financial instrument in the world. And then you can see the numbers on the page if you have to see the freaking numbers. <laughs> I want one. Yeah. I want two. Give me two. So it's can get frustrating at times when you meet these people. Oh, I don't like life insurance. All right. You know, I talk, I spoke with a gentleman the other day. Great guy. Um, he, you know, he called couple of weeks ago and was excited had a great long conversation with jules right and he's like oh my gosh i've read nelson's book becoming your own banker uh, i'm in business my business depends on equipment equipment right and i'm carrying a lot of debt but i'm uber focused and have been teaching a program in the church on how to get out of debt. So we I've got it, you know, understand that. And I have drank that Kool-Aid for umpteen years. Right. And so we're systematically getting out of debt. We're gonna be out of debt in a couple more years. But then I read Nelson's book and it's like, oh my gosh. I needed uh I needed some more capital for his business. So he goes to his banker, right? And his banker tells him well, you need to sell your equipment. The very equipment 
that he needs in his business. How does that even make sense? Right? It doesn't. It didn't make sense to him either. Then he's like, oh, I get it. And about along the same time he read Nelson's book, I don't know the exact timing there. So he was just beside himself. Right? Julie was beside herself because of the 16-year program that he has taught in his church. And they have lived in their life, Mm -hmm. at least partially successfully. You know, he had to go through 08 and 09, about wiped him out. And if it hadn't been on that program, it it would have been worse for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I had another conversation with him and he's like, well, James, man, I love this. You know, the first conversation was just, we just got to know each other and understood what his cash flows were. And, and I suggested that he might consider, you know, moving some of the cash flows around and you could start uh, becoming your own banker right now. And then you just, um, you know, envelop that into your uh plan Mm -hmm. what you're already doing is just going to accelerate um what you want getting out of debt and then moving into retirement and having some passive tax-free income right not changing anything you know drastically what he was doing right just bringing in a new asset that is diametrically um opposed on the program that he taught in his church i said that for the third time right uh, the program that he was teaching in his church for 16 years and all of his children are following it, you know, just enveloping, you know, the infinite banking concept into what he's already doing. But this program says life insurance is just a hundred. They're just on opposite ends mm-hmm. of the pole spectrum. Right. Yeah. So the second conversation, great guy too. Nice guy. Right. James, this makes so much sense to me. But I'm three years away of getting out of debt. So I think once I'm out of debt, I'm going to take all of this cash flow and start becoming my own banker. And I, you know, well, of course I'm not surprised. How are you going to get 16 years off of you, right? 16 years of noise, 16 years of instructing financial noise in your church. I'm not surprised that that you can't get that because you're already facing a lot of opposition, right? You're going to have to, you're going to face and it's going to cause a lot of conflict. And you, one thing that you thought was true and you believed and you've executed on you, and then you discover the truth and it's like, Oh my gosh, your whole family's going along the path and hundreds of people in your church. And, and, uh, I said, that's pretty good. You know, I'm Irish, right? And so uh, I know who William Wallace was, and I know what he did, and Longshanks. You know, I know the story. Before I watched that beautiful movie, Braveheart, I loved the movie, right? So they're disemboweling this guy, uh, and uh, and he yells out, Freedom! You know, so that radio personality adopted that clip, and on Freedom Friday, People call in, oh, I'm out of debt, I'm out of debt. And they all get on the line and say, I'm debt free. And then the background of Mel Gibson show, freedom. I mean, it just irks you because it irked me because I was Irish. And he's hijacking, Mm -hmm. you know, a great piece of art, Mm -hmm. right? Not that that movie was explicitly, you know, historically accurate, okay? And so he laughed, and I said, look, it reminds me, eight years ago, I was driving home on a Friday. It's the last time I listened to that program. It was Debt Free Friday or whatever they, whatever it's called. Mm. And this little lady calls in, about your wife's age, 
right? Gets a husband on the line, and he was about your age, right? We're free. We're debt free. Freedom. And the wife says, now we can start saving for retirement. 56 or 57 years of age. I say, you're in the same position. I don't, if you ever, if you, if you start now or never, you know, that's your business, right? Three years from now, you'll just be three years. And then you can start saving for retirement. Three years closer to retirement. Mm-hmm. Made no sense. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah, you're, you know, all oh, that makes sense to me, James. I'm going to, you know, uh, I got to go back and work the numbers because you're right. I, yeah, it is right. You know, the truth is the truth, right? Whether you agree with it or not, or, you know. Yeah. But anyway, that, well, I just wanted to share that. What came to my mind when you're saying that is that it, I think that the economic community, intellectual community, and then the financial community got into this idea that the only kind of debt is debt that somebody else controls. Therefore, all debt is bad all the time because because they've got no conception of another kind of credit transaction where the individual can have control over the debt. And so I can kind of understand why it would, why that would come about. But then the other side of it is behind all of that is that there's something pure, great about only paying cash. Only using cash. Not being beholden to a third-party lender. Mm-hmm. But they're still giving up interest they otherwise could have earned. No question. And not avoiding the interest cost. Right. And you know, the idea of opportunity cost, the unseen cost of the transaction, is not discussed anywhere in the financial right. advising community. And then, yeah, churches, oh my gosh. I mean... Sprinkle in the facts about modified endowment contracts and you know what a what a church or charitable ent- entity could do that is not available in terms of the tax treatment to regular individuals. I mean, it's that's a whole that's a whole podcast right there because yeah. that's really <clears throat> that's really the other side to the to the church. That's a missing part to the church. Mm-hmm. You know, the, as an entity, the church, yep. right? What they can do with the infinite banking concept, unbelievable. Un, nobody even talks about it. No. You know, there's a few, you know, people that are aware of it and, and that understand it and knock it out of the park. But as, you know, uh, I mean, they're, they're, it's unknown. You know, it's, it's really unknown. You think the infinite banking concept is relatively known, relatively unknown. The ability a church would have, uh, there is no taxation to a church whatsoever. So, oh my gosh, that's a whole. Yeah, that's a whole. That's the section that's not in, currently in my book. It's in a separate article. It's a separate article. I haven't just I have <clears throat> edit and drag and drop. Yeah. All right. So, how long? How much time do we have here? On one. That that should be enough. We should be able Just to tell if you like the sound or what. All yeah. Right? Are you good? Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say? Oh, all keep of it. Going. Huh? Yeah, we can keep going all all day. But yeah, I want to go eat. Yeah, so do I. Okay. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the content, leave us a like or a thumbs up. 
share us with your friends, give us some feedback, and we'll see you next time.